Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 393, and today we'll be talking about Lost in Language from the Owl House. I'm GC13. I'm Soren. And I'm David. Alright, the, the debut of the Blight Twins. I wish I could say it was exciting, but they don't really do much for most of the series. Oh no, I love them, are you kidding me? I mean, I love them, but they're just not consequential characters. I mean, yes, they're supporting characters, but I I very much enjoy them. I love, like, that Luce had a little bit of a crush on them, and then they were totally playing into that. Yeah, literally on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Bisexual icon? Yeah, l- literally both of them, and they were, like, playing her like a fiddle because of it. They they both managed to make her blush at different times. <laughs> yes. They knew. Yeah, it's such a fun relationship to be like the older sibling and you're like oh yeah we can kind of play your friends a little bit and kind of get them to do whatever to annoy you yeah when little kids think you're cool and you absolutely play that yeah that is honestly adorable this was also just finally a moment where who's got to see that amity you know has a little bit of an inner life inner thoughts from the diary which is good so even though you know she shouldn't have seen them ever we get a little bit of movement on both sides for these characters to maybe be friends one day. You know, Luz wants it so friends. badly, but now now she gets a little bit more of the perspective. And I mean, oh my gosh, though, Amity straight up called her a bully <laughs> at the yeah. start of this yeah. thing. Like, what? Harsh. <laughs> Can you imagine? That's pretty harsh coming from a girl who was about to watch Luz die uh, <laughs> on that operating table. Yeah, it's so That's weird cool. to hear the bully say you're a bully. <laughs> like. What? <laughs> Reality check. Well, Luce being most likely a child who was bullied probably would have hit close to home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see immediately how, no, no, I'm not a bully. I ain't old! <laughs> but yes, I love this very much. I like that setting the foundation for their future relationship and, wow, spoilers. Yeah, I mean, it all started in the romance section, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's yes. what I was saying. Like, if I had the ability to make books come to life and I were 14, I would open all of my favorite fantasy oh. novels. Um, But then... <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, speaking of Ed, I, he was very spot on with uh, that impression of Amity. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Who, who didn't laugh when Amity also did the whoo? I almost passed out. Nobody knows you like your own siblings. (laughs) It's so funny that they nailed that, too, because we've seen her red-faced appearance before. But I personally hadn't connected that it was due to her actually holding her breath, which makes sense, right? Like, a character would (laughs) blush or get flushed, but her whole face turns red because her reaction, (laughs) her negative reaction to things is just not breathing, which is actually, wow, (laughs) turns out to be very endearing. So, (laughs) what a cute detail. Yeah, these children are adorable like i'm sorry if you're 14 out there and you think you're you're hot shit all grown but you're literally adorable <laughs> so any 14 year olds listening to this first of all i'm sorry second of all you're adorable i don't make the rules <laughs> get over it uh. <laughs> so do you think that they were invisible just uh, sitting there invisible when Luz walked up to the library at night and started doing her her poses no, I think Luz is just that oblivious. Very much able to have tunnel vision and be oblivious and not notice them. Yeah, okay, that seems okay. that seems in character. 
Because it does seem like something they would do, uh, sit there invisibly. Have we, how often are people invisible on this show? Is that a power? Only when Luz uses the glyph. Well, you haven't yeah. watched the new episodes, so I can't answer that question. Hmm, interesting. V, interesting. So completely unrelated, I thought that the A plot of this episode was going to be about Ida having to deal with little vampire bat babies. And that turned out to be only a very small part of the episode, but wow. A distant B plot. It was perfect. It's like a B minus plot. It was perfect that every single time it was just her needing to mother them that (laughs) that led to a complete handling. You know, it it completely handled the situation. And then she only did it as a last resort. Well, it's funny because to me, I I wasn't thinking, oh, it's so obvious I could like wrangle these babies. I know what the character should do. I was just sitting there like, huh, I wonder how she's going to handle it. But to Ida, it was completely obvious that she just needed to, like, <laughs> she do just the thing, didn't she want to. She didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, do I really have to? And I'm like, what? Do you really have to what? And then she just starts cradling them and rocking them. And I'm like, no, of course. <laughs> I loved it when she pulled out the knife and time for apple slices and story time. And then King grabs the <laughs> apple slices. You, you sometimes forget that King is just a kid himself. You, yeah. He, he is treated so much like an adult. And that it's funny, oh, you're an adult, but it's funny that you're a child. Like, he's a literal child. Isn't he only canonically, like, eight years old? Maybe a little older? Yeah, but we don't know, like, how many that is in King years. But we've seen how big an adult King is, and uh, he's still safely young for his species. Yeah, I think he was, like, maybe a few years old when Ida found him. So, at most, he's, like, 10 or 11. Yeah. Which is like, it's so cute because he's non-human, like a little beast of a creature. And he's like an eight-year-old at the same time. I don't know, because Hootie implied that he was going through demon puberty in a much later episode. True, but like, who knows when they hit their puberty? Yeah, who who knows if Hootie knows what he's talking about? Here, I'm going to look I'm on the Owl sure House I'm pretty sure I just heard him legalize all crime in, a, in the most recent episode, so. <laughs> let me see, let me see. Other names? Wow, that's like a paragraph. Um, Age, eight, approximate. I love that. Every single time a character is called something in the show, it's added to their (laughs) nicknames list on the wiki. Likes eating, wielding power, sleeping, raising an army, drawing, writing, formally. Bad behavior. (laughs) Francois, which is his plushie. Loves conquering lands. Mewtube. Researching demons, being feared, plotting revenge, and scrounging through trash. <laughs> is is a private new guy listed under dislikes or enemies? Yeah, dislikes being shown affection formally. Dislikes working, me too. <laughs> dislikes wearing clothes. <laughs> dislikes writing current. Losing something important to him and lose leaving him. Powers and ability. Tracking specific. sense via sniffing. <laughs> this is really good actually i love just like reading wikipedia or or wikias without context because the people who document this like really do be data mining these these shows (laughs) oh david i know that noticing music in shows is kind of your thing but i actually did hear the background music in one scene The, the very tense music in the uh, Amity's little clubhouse in the library when uh, they were searching for the the diary. I noticed it. I'm so proud of myself. You noticed the music. That's that's wonderful. I actually didn't notice it, so I appreciate that you're on, on the music watch. 
What did you did you did you feel the intensity of like being in a place where you shouldn't be, or the excitement of finding a hidden nook in the library? Oh, it was. It, there was. They there were. They were definitely cranking up the tension with that music, tugging at your heartstrings, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, they literally every detail about Amity is like, oh, look at this like little cute kid though. Like she just hides away and does her little nerd things and has her siblings that tease her. Like I like I like how the library gave her her own secret room. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like she's not even like a paid employee; she's a volunteer, and they're just like, "Yeah, you can have it, whatever." Like, how long has she been working there? I mean, did you did you see the title on the book that they had to pull out to open it? I'm I'm pretty sure they know she needs it. <laughs> yeah, poor girl needs her alone time. Uh, I'm looking at the the room right now, and she even has slippers there. Oh, <laughs> she's got a a waist bin, the little stars hanging from the ceiling. Her favorite book series with like a display. Do you think she just showed back up to to snuff out that candle that she accidentally left lit? Probably. Or do you think she suspected that uh, her siblings were up to something? I think she was gonna blow out the candle, and she's just <laughs> pretending. Wow. Wait. So why are the Azora books in this world, and that they're up to date constantly? Is that just there are various uh, trash things? So yeah, probably Ida. I, um, I wonder if, like, there have been human artifact dealers. Like, they're not hugely uncommon. Ida might be the only one currently, but, like, there's always been, at some point, some guy. There's definitely a demand. Yeah. Like, they know about the human world. They know what humans look like. They haven't had a human in a while, um, which is why Luce is a surprise, but everyone knows what she is right away. And they don't really care. And there's, like, a small fandom, like, interested in humans. Like, it's it's old news. Yeah, it's it's like you may have your anime club at school, but nobody's going to attack the Japanese kid for it. Uh, depends on what school you're going to, GC. Sorry about that. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> maybe Maybe I just went to schools with better boundaries. Yeah, no. You come from Country X. You must love cartoons from Country X. <laughs> it, it was a bad time to be, uh... Of Japanese descendant when uh, Italy was very popular. That's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. I'm so sorry. But uh, speaking of the the search for the diary, that is one of two errors that I noticed in this episode. In the in the first set of pages that Luz opens it up to, there is on the left side an entry dated six four, and then on the right side one dated seven four. But on a later pair of entries, it's two nineteen and then two twenty. So we get the first one going up in the first set, and then the second one going up in the second set. I don't know what to think. <laughs> Literally unwatchable. Literally I hope someone got fired for this. Terrible. Terrible. Takes me out of the experience completely. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Is it just the dates don't line up? Well, no, it's that, like, uh, I can't tell if it's supposed to be day-month or month-day. Because presumably these were written one day after the other, as as opposed to the first set being exactly one month after the other. Because this wasn't the, sorry, I haven't written in a while. Wait, why am I apologizing? Which would be a good good detail, but uh, unfortunately it was not meant to be. I'm I'm surprised that you didn't call out the more glaring error, which is that they demonstrate how the pencil-in-book power works, where... They draw the, you know, horrific legs on the poor mm-hmm. duck. And it's like an accurate representation of what's drawn. Then they add just some mean eyebrows, like some kind of like Kirby and North American art, you know, yes. angry eyes. And it's like, 
but the entire interpreted it. interpretation changes <laughs> to something much more horrific. As as Soren said, they added the the clause too, and I did not notice that until watching that for today. Oh, okay. I totally missed the clause happen suddenly in there. That makes more sense. Oh, I see what you're talking about, GC. It goes from six four to seven four. Yep, and then two nineteen to two twenty. Tisk tisk tisk. I think it's it's a month apart because she's literally apologizing about not writing there. So as a matter of fact, it's not an error, but in a wonderful attention to detail. No, the 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 one where it goes six four to seven four was the Oh, you're saying the one where it goes to two twenty was the story I haven't written for a while? Okay, no, I'm literally just coming that, through that would be music. a lot of months in their calendar. Everybody pause recording, I need to verify this. Okay, six four seven four. That's not where she says Yeah, I that's where she's talking about the human. Yeah. I think that was written like that day. That was that day's entry was the implication I got. Um, yeah. I love how they open books in the middle always, but like are starting at the very clearly the beginning or the end. Oh my gosh. Don't even, don't even. <laughs> they got Why? skills. They got Why skills. Can't they? Okay. I want to see what happens. If you just, if you just animated a book opening at the actual start of the book, is that just too horrific? Is that like a detail that would just be too painful? There's only one book shape also, which is like the novel shape. Like kids' books are huge and thin, right? Like I I am an expert in this field. I worked at a freaking daycare, okay? Kids' books are small. <laughs> kids' books are huge for the pictures, and then they're thin because it's only like right, they're 20 pages tops. So the fact that they open the kids book in the dead center and it's easily like a 300 page hardcover book <laughs> with pictures who draws that many pictures for a kids book you know it reads much better though if it was a if it was as thin as a 20 page book it might be like oh why are they holding those like tablets next to each other you know you got to see the pages you got to see the the heft but uh of course there was only one other error i noticed uh, over the course of the episode that's us that's assuming that they don't have like enormously yeah we don't know much about the calendar on the boiling isles let's say but i I was watching very obsessively the moles on the blight twins faces and they were very consistent about them always being on the right side of the face except for uh the shot where they're replacing the the library book and letting the dude place the same two books over and over again ed is missing his mole which should be visible since the right side of his face is visible it's not. It's not on both of their right sides. It, it's yeah. It's on mirrors. So I meant like the correct side. Oh, the oh, I see. So on uh, Amira's left and Edric's right, but uh, his mole should have been <laughs> visible since you could see his right eye. So his mole should have been visible. Yeah, you know they also put entire gems on Garnet's hands. I don't know. Maybe his hair is covering it. Sometimes they didn't draw uh, entire it's, it's like gems right there by his eye. You know, like <laughs> in Steven Universe. That's right. <laughs> Right, I mean, Garnet I liked when Marty was visible through uh, Greg's hair. That was well, the simple one. solution is that in Steven Universe, they simply did not care about model <laughs> consistency. They were it, it like it was very poignant. Where like every storyboarder can <laughs> can put whatever interpretation they want, and they're gonna animate it as is. Right, they're right, like maybe like, paradox hands in the proportions. Scene. They don't care. I thought you were going to throw the animators under the bus because we saw Steven and Greg go to that animation studio and nobody challenged them even once. They were just able to walk right in there. <laughs> That's uh, right. There's there's no control over who can enter. Very lax security. Yeah. 
I, I want to know what kind of security you think they're running at animation offices and studios. I mean, I, I would expect them to recognize if two of the characters from the show tried to walk through the door. That's like a bare <laughs> minimum. Yeah, but I think if a man who uh, had long hair and balding walked in with a teenager, I would not notice that they are the humanized cartoon characters. I mean, if they I'm had, trying. like, a scar that looked like was given to them by the Fire Lord, I think I would definitely pause for <laughs> and a And I'd second. be like, wow, nice think, cosplay. <laughs> like, I think they're, I, it's weird that they're doing tours right now, but, like, I'm not going to question it, right? Like, here's <laughs> the thing, dude. Every building that has, like, codes or key cards or whatever, the building code, it's either the address or, like, the number of the facility. <laughs> Quick tips on how to break into buildings, Lunar Ceasefire. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so there you go, 14-year-olds listening to this podcast. No, one, that you can never be cool. You can only be cute. And two, you can get into any building you want <laughs> if uh, you just look up the address. Now, getting out again, <laughs> that's the real trick. No, there isn't, because there's no Steven lock to lucky. get out. Just leave. <laughs> uh, poor naive Soren. So did I hear that one of you has not seen Follies at the Coven Day Parade yet? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched the new episodes this weekend. Oh, man. I know. It's 20 minutes of your time, David. Oh, I will. I will. I've been rewatching Avatar and I've been traveling. Valid. Those are barely excuses. But I work uh, 11 hour shifts. And I've watched and, it. And and I know, I know. I, I had an observation about the twins, but I suppose that'll have to wait uh, until we get to... Uh, <laughs> what's the episode? Adventures in the Elements? I'm, uh, I'm so glad that, that you respect, like, my need to, you know, watch the show at, a, at whatever my pace is, while we always just randomly throw out spoilers to... Not only just the shows we're talking about, but basically any show constantly on the podcast. Like, audience, know that we don't care for you. <laughs> we only look out for each other. Well, rarely for each other, mostly for ourselves, but definitely not you, so. <laughs> we're not bullies. Well, we say at the beginning of every episode, this is not spoiler-free. No, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> but I appreciate that, GC. Next time. <laughs> Next time. And now, what, eight weeks? Is it? It's episode 11, right? You know what? It's fine. We'll see them later. Well, here's the thing, right? If you are listening to this episode, right, we say, hey, there's going to be spoilers. You can pause the episode, watch it, and then come back. David does not have that privilege. <laughs> well, a, a better approach would be pause it, watch the episode, and honestly, just go live your life. <laughs> yeah, like... wouldn't be better to come back. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. We're 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 humble on this podcast. Did you guys have other thoughts about Lost in Language, though? My only other thought is I thought the money was going to disappear at the end or something, but like, no. I mean, they did get a butt ton of cash, and Ida and King were just sad. <laughs> they didn't care about the money in the end, and that was that was very sweet. Luz was very very sweet to pick up that book for Ida. She she knows Ida likes to play tough, but. As we later find out about Ida, she's kind of learned to be hard, but that doesn't mean she likes it. I'm sure, yeah, I mean, Ida secretly being very parental is no surprise. I mean, even even early on in the second episode, she was pretending not to care about Luz while telling King secretly, you need to go with her. Don't let her know it was my idea. <laughs>
Yeah. Wow. Sorry, Ida. Your 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 tough guy persona <laughs> is. Um... I think Luz had her pegged in the second episode. Like you know, I pretend to not care, but I secretly do. <laughs> Luz has been around. She's read all those books. She knows a TV trope. She knows a trope when she sees one. <laughs> she knows right. every fantasy archetype she can ever encounter. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I I forgot about this episode and then I was watching it again and I was so excited to watch it again. It's so good. Like it goes by really quickly. I kind of wish it'd been longer, but it was a good episode. Yeah, I like how they didn't um milk the rivalry between Oh, um, yeah. Luz and Amity for too long. Like they just really had a bad first impression and are just recovering from that and they do quite quickly. And I enjoy how they don't like totally flanderize Amity's character and like very quickly say like she doesn't like to be the way that she is. She just kind of feels forced into that. Mm-hmm. So I did enjoy that. Yeah, I even get the sense she enjoys reading to the kids. She just puts up her tough girl act a little bit like Ida. You know, oh, I'm only doing this for the extra credit. Oh, yeah. Sure I mean, <laughs> something sure. that, that we should watch, and I know it's an anime and it doesn't count as a cartoon, even though it is a cartoon for children. It's just They're literally Japanese. all cartoons, but okay. <laughs> I mean, like a literal children's cartoon, like the exact same age 6 to 11 age range. Uh, speaking of age 6 to 11, <laughs> I, I did love that name drop, you know. What if we made a, a network that aired cartoons for 6 to 11 year olds? <laughs> no, that'll never work. There's that number again. Uh, but what, what, which anime? Uh, Little Witch Academia, which oh, is literally yeah. like... Oh, God. They, I just saw somebody posting about that one on Twitter after the kerfluffle about the the storyline for the Harry Potter game. And I really, I really want to watch it. It's a great anime, right? It's, it's for kids. And it, it has so many parallels. Like, are you, like the, the literal brunette non-magic using witch wannabe protagonist has like chemistry with the lavender haired, lav- like blue wow. teal haired okay, that is, rival that witch is, that's that like good at everything. Similar. It's literally the same. <laughs> and it's so good. It's like so nice. You have to do it twice. <laughs> you could tell that the people oh who God. were writing the Owl House knew absolutely that Little Witch Academia existed and were fans of it and were like both trying to be self-aware about the tropes that they're very obviously still using but then just using the tropes anyway. They're like, "Yeah, we know that this is a a, a magic school show uh and uh, this is an underdog protagonist. We don't care. It's a great <laughs> story. We're doing it anyway." But this time they do end up together in the end and we don't just hint at it all the time yes yes very good go before you listen to the next episode of the lunar sea spire your homework is to watch the entirety of little witch academia (laughs) it's on netflix it's good you don't need to watch the ovas although um you can if you want but yeah watch the show it's great anyway guys that's it for us on lost in language and on little witch academia join us next week until then i'm gc13 i'm soren and i'm david it's not on iTunes anymore. Leave us a comment. Wherever you want. Whatever you think about yeah, this episode. Yeah, comment on us. We leave us a comment. It. Nobody uses iTunes anymore unless you like still have an iPod in 2022. So um, I'm not going to say that anymore. What I'm going to say is leave us a comment. We always read them. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.